0: Hey everyone, technically you're getting two days in history today because we're running two episodes from the History Vault. Hope you enjoy. Hi there. Welcome to this day in history class, where we sift through the artifacts of history seven days a week. The day was April 12th, 1961. Soviet Union cosmonaut Yuri Alexeyevich Gagarin spent one hour and 48 minutes in space aboard the spacecraft Vostok 1, becoming the first person to fly into outer space. Gagarin's pioneering flight garnered a ton of celebration from around the world, and the space race between the U.S. and Soviet Union was intensifying. Gagarin graduated from the Soviet Air Force Cadet School in 1957. By 1959, he had risen to the rank of senior lieutenant in the Soviet Air Forces and was interested in becoming a cosmonaut. The next year, Gagarin and 19 other pilots were chosen to take part in the Soviet space program. He became one of the Vanguard Six, or the group of cosmonauts who went through accelerated training to be sent into space through the Vostok program. The program was the Soviet spaceflight project that aimed to send people into low Earth orbit and then bring them back to Earth. After Gagarin and the other candidates endured training for the spaceflight and experiments that tested their preparedness and endurance, it was determined that Gagarin and his colleague, German Titov, were the best candidates for the first trip into space, since they were short and the spacecraft's cockpit was tiny. In the end, Gagarin beat out Titov when he was slated to make the first human flight in space. Many of Gagarin's peers believed he should be the first to venture into space, and a doctor who evaluated him said he was modest, had quick reactions, and appeared to understand life better than a lot of his friends. Launches that sent dogs, mice, insects, guinea pigs, and other organisms into space in 1960 and 1961 were successful. The last uncrewed test mission in late March of 1961 sent a mannequin and a dog named Zvezdochka. It was completely successful, so the Soviet Union decided to move forward with the crewed mission. Just before he took off, Gagarin joked about having enough moonshine to go with the sausage he was given to eat once he got back to Earth. At 9.07 a.m. Moscow time on April 12, 1961, the Vostok-1 spacecraft carrying Gagarin blasted off from a launch complex called Baikonur Cosmodrome. As it lifted off, 27-year-old Gagarin yelled, Pajakali, translated to English as, let's go. Gagarin could not do much aboard the spacecraft, as much of the craft's operations were controlled from the ground. He had a manual override code and there were provisions on the spacecraft in case a malfunction caused him to have to stay in space longer. But his single orbit around the Earth was uneventful. In the nearly two hours that he was in flight, the Vostok 1 reached a maximum height of 203 miles. Gagarin ejected himself before the spacecraft landed, as the descent module and service module failed to separate properly, and the spacecraft did not have a safe landing system he parachuted down near the Volga River, and the spacecraft landed in Kazakhstan. The Soviets falsified his flight record and didn't say that he ejected until 1971, since the World Air Sports Federation said pilots had to land with their spacecraft for the trip to count as a spaceflight. Later, after some controversy over Gagarin and his fellow cosmonaut Titov's ejections, The World Air Sports Federation switched the parameters that defined spaceflight and decided to honor their feats. Still, the world recognized Gagarin as the first person to travel into space and to orbit Earth. When Gagarin touched down on the planet, he became a celebrity and traveled around the world promoting his accomplishment. Gagarin became a deputy of the Supreme Soviet of the Soviet Union and commander of the Cosmonauts Detachment and Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev awarded him the Order of Lenin and named him a hero of the Soviet Union. Alan Shepard became the first American in space on May 5, 1961, but a U.S. astronaut didn't orbit the Earth until John Glenn did so in February 1962. Since Gagadin was now a celebrated figure, the Soviets did not want to risk sending him back into space. And all the touring and fame led to a drinking problem for Gagarin. He did continue to make test flights for the Air Force and trained other cosmonauts, though. In 1968, Gagarin and a flight instructor were killed while test piloting a jet fighter aircraft. He was survived by a wife and two daughters. Soon, the US and Soviet Union space exploration rivalry turned into a collaboration and April 12th is now known as Cosmonautics Day in Russia and other former Soviet states. And the United Nations General Assembly has declared it the International Day of Human Spaceflight. I'm Eve Stefcote, and hopefully, you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If there's something that I missed in an episode, you can share it with everybody else. On Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hey everyone, I'm Eves, and welcome to this Day in History class, a show that believes no day in history is a slow day. The day was April 12, 1988. Onco mouse became the first animal to be patented in the United States. Before 1980, it was believed that living things were not eligible for patenting. But while working at General Electric, genetic engineer Ananda Mohan Chakrabarty developed a bacterium that could break down crude oil, an ability that no naturally occurring bacteria had. When General Electric filed a patent application for the bacterium, the application was rejected. The Patent Office Board of Appeals affirmed this rejection. But the United States Court of Customs and Patent Appeals reversed this decision, saying that, quote, the fact that microorganisms are alive is without legal significance for purposes of the patent law. The Supreme Court affirmed the decision of the Court of Customs and Patent Appeals. In the 1980 case, Diamond v. Chakrabarty, the Supreme Court ruled that a live human-made microorganism is patentable subject matter as a manufacturer or a composition of matter. It said that the bacterium was patentable because the patent claim was not for a quote, hitherto unknown natural phenomenon, but instead had markedly different characteristics from any found in nature. The bacterium, known as Pseudomonas putida, is the first patented living organism in the world. The Chakrabarty case was a landmark one that paved the way for the patenting of other living organisms and the protection of biotechnology-related inventions. In the early 1980s, researchers at Harvard Medical School created a genetically modified mouse that was highly susceptible to cancer by introducing an oncogene that triggers the growth of tumors. The mouse could be used for studying cancer and testing therapies for cancer treatment. In June of 1984, Harvard College filed a patent application for the so called Onco mouse in the U.S. That included the process by which the mice were produced and the mice themselves. Harvard went on to file applications around the world in countries like Australia, Canada, Ireland, Belgium, and Denmark. In 1987, the US Patent and Trademark Office said that, quote, non-naturally occurring, non-human, multicellular living organisms, including animals, were patentable. This paved the way for the Mouse's patent to be granted. On April 12th, 1988, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office granted Harvard College Patent Number 4,736,866. The patent was for a, quote, "...transgenic, non-human mammal, all of whose germ cells and somatic cells contain a recombinant-activated oncogene sequence introduced into said mammal, or an ancestor of said mammal, at an embryonic stage." A transgenic animal is one that contains genetic material that has been artificially inserted. Other labs were developing similar mice using different genes, but Mouse was the first to be patented. Harvard gave chemical company DuPont, which helped fund the research done at Harvard Medical School, priority to license the patent. DuPont began marketing and selling the Mouse. Researchers who viewed lab mice as shared resources took issue with this. Animal rights groups also opposed the patenting of animals and the commercial use of the genetically engineered Oncomouse. In 2000, the US National Institutes of Health reached an agreement with DuPont so that DuPont would retain commercial rights, but academic and government researchers could use Oncomouse without a fee. The mouse is also patented in Europe and Japan. Since 1988, many other patents related to transgenic animals have been issued in the US. The patent for the Onco Mouse has expired in the US and other countries, though the name Onco Mouse is still a registered trademark. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully, you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If there's anything I missed, please let us know. You can do so on social media at Podcast. You can also send us an email at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.